Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. burrowcom slash ACAST. Hello, my name's Chris Paul and I am the CEO and founder of Man on Inverclyde, a mental health charity based in Greenock in the west of Scotland. And we're bringing you this message today to raise awareness of mental health and raise awareness of our charity and how we can maybe support you, your friends or your loved ones if you need it. Now, we started off as a suicide prevention charity and we're continuing that mission. We want to break the stigma attached to mental health. We want to break the stigma attached to men's mental health and I know that a lot of men will be listening to this podcast so please get in touch with us via Man on Inverclyde on social media and um, you'll find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. If you're not on social media and you want to get in touch with us via email just type in support at manoninverclyde.com our landline here is 01475-910258. So yeah, get in touch with us if you're struggling with your own mental health or you're concerned about a friend or a family member. One of our staff members are volunteers here to support you. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few, the Rangers podcast. My name's Carl McDuff and I am sworn off Belgian chocolate for life. Um, we're here to discuss all the all the happenings at Rangers and disclaimer folks. Uh, the first um, 10, 20 minutes of this might be three angry men shouting at clouds as we try and get it off our chests and work ahead to Saturday. Here for a wee bit of uh, Rangers therapy, joining me, first of all, David Tomlinson. David, how are you? And Davey's left himself in mute. I'm keeping that in. <laughs> uh, uh, well, just realised that I was on mute as you you told me, but um, no, keeping well. Um, thanks for the uh, for the nice uh, things you said about about me last week. Just to let the the people know, I was supposed to be getting operated, but it didn't go through, so I'm getting operated next week. So that's that's what it was all about. Um, no, obviously not happy with the game last night. So uh, that's a. Uh, We'll, we'll get round to that. 
once we get into the talk. Uh, but um, no, I'm okay, and it's really warm here. That's uh, that's the worst thing. So if I look a bit sweaty, um. <laughs> I'm. I look a bit sweaty as well. I've, I was just saying to you boys off air that I've just rolled back to the gym, and I think I've said before, it's a kickboxing gym, and okay, now I just go for um, fitness, but honestly, I. I get fun about like a wet tacky man. I'm just I didn't know my hair could be sore, like I'm sore everywhere. It's um I'm not covered for it. Anyway, well, um, Colin, I'm afraid it's no tea tonight, warm tea, it's a uh, old cold beer. <laughs> After the week you've had my man, then <laughs> I think that's um, I think that's fair, um, especially after what the Angels put you through. Also joining is Davy Pollock. How are you, Davy? In, in the circumstances as well as could be expected. So, but obviously Tuesday night was a bit of a catastrophe. But where the game's still alive, I'm hoping that you know that this Tuesday will be a a vast improvement. But we'll uh, no doubt we'll pick the bones out of it, go over it, and try and find the silver lining. I'm still looking. So help me. I know. This is the only thing. We're not we're doing this video live. Um, it would have been nice if um, we'd done it a bit earlier and maybe listeners' comments should come in and derail us away from talking about this game. But there's no getting away from it. We've put it off long enough. We need to just dissect it. So, Davey T, I'll start with you. Let's look at the lineup. We had um, John McLaughlin in goals. Uh, back back five, uh, Tavernier, Golson, Sands, Lundstrom, Barisic. Midfield to uh, Jack Kamara and um, in front of them, Matondo, Tillman and Cholak. Um, so, moving to, before I seen the formation, I'm not going to lie, David, I was quite happy with the lineup. Um, I, I thought that was a good enough side to go and take the game to Union St. Jolie, whatever they're called. What was your thoughts? No, well, I thought it was a bit defensive. I, I, I thought... Um... It depends how you're going to play it. For, for me, if you're going to put out that team, then you need to suck them to you. I don't think... It, you, when you when you play uh, Kamara um, and Jack and Lundstrom who was moving into the midfield when we had the ball, um, when you play the three, they're normally in one line across the middle of the park. Now, when you've got them in the, light, the middle of the park, the only thing you can do is play square balls. So the the, the way it was working out, the, the other team, Union, they were sitting they were sitting back saying, OK, pass the ball about there, youngers, uh, guys. We'll, uh, we'll sit and wait till you make a mistake and lose the ball. And that's what they've done. They just sucked us in, kept us, kept us passing, and then... As soon as they realised that there was a, a ball about a yard off course, they moved in, and there was about four runners at every every time they they get the ball. There was about four runners, which we didn't have one runner. I mean, we had the whole game virtually. Cholak was right. They had a back a back five actually, but they had a back three watching Cholak, and Cholak was running from one to the other to the other one. And I think I think the guys were sitting sitting there going the Belgian guys were sitting going, hey Hans, he's coming to you. Okay, I'll take him. Okay, Pete, he's coming to you. Okay, great, he's coming back now. Okay, I mean it was just like that, and that that that's what you get when you we just haven't got a midfielder. And Tillman tried at the beginning, the first twenty minutes, thirty minutes, he tried to get into that gap, 
where Cholak was, was sort of a operating as well. He tried to get in there and he had some success at the, the beginning. And uh, yeah, Tillman, the only thing, we didn't cash in on it. That's uh, been waiting for that one. <laughs> um, but um, no, that's, uh, that, that's a team. Uh, I, I, I wasn't happy with the team. I, I think you need, uh, if you're going to play the way we played last night with Jack and Kamara and Lundstrom, then you need a number 10, somebody running about Cholak, and that's what we didn't have. We had Mon- uh, Montondo, and I wish they would get Bowman names with Bill or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> try, to these, try to get these names right all the time. Matondo and uh, uh, Tillman, ended, Tillman ended up going out wide as well to try, and, and it just left Cholak alone, stuck in the middle, running about these three guys all the time. So that that's sad. No, I wasn't pleased. I think we should. Uh, I think we should have had a more attacking midfielder in there. Davy P, um, what was your initial thoughts on it as well? Um, I, I do agree with Davy. It's it was a setup. As soon as I seen Lonsome dropping in, and it wasn't just a dropping in. Like we've done well with Lonsome dropping in, but the three centre halves and the two midfielders were just on top of each other. Um, they none of them moved for the the centre circle. And we just had five players in the one area, and it was just there wasn't enough movement, enough space used well enough. Well, we never managed to penetrate them through the middle, and entirely in the first half. I don't. I mean, the second half, I, I think, did we actually get into their box? So the midfield setup was uh, was wrong. The, the, I mean, obviously, it's the first time we've played those three boys up front. And I've got an issue with that as well, which we'll come on to. But the the midfield, we were just getting overrun. And Dave's right. You know, they, they were quite happy for us to uh, ping the ball about. And then as soon as they, they, they won possession, they were straight on to us and, and cutting straight through us. So and, and we had not, nothing like that. We just never uh, put their defence under any pressure. You know, we could have <clears throat> to, to commit men. To, to allow us to use the wide players, we we uh, we just fell right into the trap. I don't know whether that was intentional by Gio. <clears throat> Sorry, in, in terms of you know the tactical layout, maybe it was just all too negative for me. We we should have gone out there with a bit more on the front foot to have a go at them. I think Rangers were of a mind that we were just going to uh, absorb whatever they could throw at us and. And it clearly didn't work because when they were coming at us, they looked dangerous. When they were getting into our box, they were doing it two or three passes, much like we did to West Ham a few weeks ago in terms of picking the ball off them. Three passes later, you're in the penalty box. And that's what they did to us. It wasn't wasn't a, a pretty watch. I was uh, uttering sweary words at the TV by this time. And uh, it was... I would have to say, though... It's kind of concerning for me that, that Gio, you know, because we haven't scored a a goal in an away game, an away European tie in the last three attempts. You know, when, if we can look at Braga, Leipzig, and now Union San Gerois, the uh, we haven't scored a goal. Whereas when we were, you know, lined up with Stevie G, it was all a bit more positive. Obviously, uh, Kent would have made a difference. You know, just having that experience of these ties. But when we're going to places like Benfica, Feyenoord, Porto, and we're managed to find a goal, then uh, we should have managed it in Belgium. But we just didn't look set up to do it. 
it was uh, it was all just too negative. And so I think there's so much to dissect with this. And I think I do want to come to Geo first before we go into the goals and picking apart the defence and the strikers and stuff as well. Because we've been massive. We've praised Geo Vanny Van Bronckhorst massively in this podcast, particularly for how we can change a game in play, use the subs, use different formations. Um, but David T., um, you would have seen we were we were chatting on the night in the group chat and Chris Paul, Chris Ball made a really good point in terms of if you look at the last the last few away ties in Europe and David Ball just uh, alluded to it there. We have set up a bit more conservatively. Whereas under Gerard we were aggressive on the front foot, but I don't know it's was Gio gambling that we can soak up the pressure and hitting the break? Yeah, well, I, I, I actually think that they played the way we wanted to play. I think that the, the, that was the, the way he wanted to play, that we sit back, they attack us, and we sit back and pick them off. And they done the exact same. they done, what, in my eyes, what we should have been doing. I mean, I remember Dick Advocat saying to one of the players, I didn't hear it from Dick Advocat, but I heard it from one of the players. He says, give the other team the ball. He says, let them have it. Because if we're just pushing them back all the time, we're just going to be running against the brick wall all the time. So if you can let the other team come to you, soak up the pressure. No, and that's just what the uh, union did. They, uh, they they soaked up the pressure, and just like I said the last time, um, as soon as they they sniffed that there was a bit of a loose ball, they were just on top of us, and they got the they got the ball in the tackle. They were stronger in the tackle. I don't know what we what we were eating before the game, but it certainly affected our tackling because I think I think they won virtually every hard tackle they went into. And uh, no, it was just uh, just uh, yeah, nowhere. And yeah, then when you've got, a, a, I mean, I'm not going to blame the guy. I, I know a lot of people are writing him off already. But when you've got, uh, I'm going to Matondo, when you've got him stuck away out in the wing, uh, nobody can get near him. There's no clear pass to him. I mean, let's face it. Matondo, he could have he could have went to the Aldi and got a barbecue box before he before he walked onto the park and sat and had a barbecue out there because he just wasn't uh, he just wasn't in the game. He might have got it from the Lidl or any other supermarket. I'll say that say as well. Um, but um, before Aldi starts soon as uh, <laughs> I don't think it'll be the Aldi, it'll be the Lidl. But uh, <laughs> but anyway. Um, no, I think that that's uh, that's uh, I just we just didn't whether we didn't use Matondo or he was just still feeling injured or yeah some some sometimes a psychological thing when you're just back from a from a hamstring injury uh, and it, I mean it was only a week ago he was injured if, if he's had a hamstring injury then it's really pretty dangerous to 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 play him at all. Uh, but that, that's, we just didn't didn't link up at all, and as I said, Tillman he done well really in the in the beginning. I mean, I thought, oh, he's we're going to be doing quite good here. And but after about twenty minutes, they sussed us out, I think, and uh, then they they just went and put their plan into action, and uh, went, they never looked back, and we looked uphill. David P, only the. Only the, the first goal then, um, I'm afraid we're, we're going to have to talk about it. It's painful as it is. Um, a, lot to, a lot to unpick. Barisic left one, um, again, he's 
he had the heart of a mouse. Um, he went, I had all the vigour of a priest going, um, going into that tackle. Um, Sands a bit suspect, losing his man as well. The player gets a shot away, and John McLaughlin has to do better as well. Um, where do you start with this goal? No, it was a, it was one fuck up after another. Uh, I think you know they looked like they just wanted it more. To be honest, they were snapping into challenges, as Dave says. You know they were closing us down. They just looked like they were on their toes, moving about that pitch. Whereas we looked like we'd led boots on. You know the pace we were moving the ball about. It was just uh, painful to watch. But Borna, you know, his uh, ability to defend. You know, balls into the box is, uh, as we've seen in the past, isn't the greatest. You know, sometimes he'll have the mad swipe at it. Sometimes he just doesn't have the strength. You know, because you look at the difference Bassi made when when Bassi gets into positions like that. It's just it was just pure strength that, that made Bassi win the ball, and you know to uh, overpower, you know whoever was in possession. Borna doesn't have that, so you're uh, it's a game of roulette every time the ball comes into the box. And Borna's on the end of it. You just don't know what's going to happen. Well, invariably what happens is he, uh, we will lose possession. And then for the ball to then get to the edge of the box and and probably not the greatest shot. And if it did have a deflection, it was it was minuscule. But it was certainly within a saveable range for John McLaughlin, I would have thought. You know, because that's the... And then, you know, we're going to get into the game with, well, we'd, we'd have Griggs... Griggsy just saved that ball, you know, he's the short stopper that he is. And he would probably have had a better crack at it than John McLaughlin. It just seemed uh, all a wee bit amateurish at that point. It was a disappointing goal to lose. But, you know, there was plenty of time for us to uh, recover, but we we never managed that either. What what is your your take in the goalkeeping situation? Because that's caused quite a lot of chat. I'll start with you, Davey P, and then I'll ask yourself, Davey T, as well, because I want both your opinions. There's been a lot of chat on, right, so who is the number one going forward? Um, I think Gio has said that it will be McLaughlin, but is this going to be the case every game of the season where McLaughlin could have done something slightly better? My opinion is that I think every time he lets a goal go in, there will be a herd saying McGregor would have saved that. But if McGregor comes in and plays the cup games, every time we concede from a cross ball, we're going to say John McLaughlin comes for that. Um, it's a bit of a no-win situation, I think. Which, which you're taking to David P. First of all, well, I think uh, Gio's got a decision to make. You know, as to, I would prefer Gio to come out and publicly name John McLaughlin or McGregor. You know, he is my number one. This is my preferred goalkeeper. So obviously someone's going to be pissed off with that. But if, if none of the two of them are, are, have the confidence of Giovanni Van Bronckhurst, then he has to go to market and we need to get a goalkeeper we do have confidence in. So we've got the rest of August to make that decision because if uh, John McLaughlin's the answer you know, and you know the alarm bells are going off here, so you're thinking, well, is, is this good enough? Because there was the game against Tottenham, you know, in West Ham, you know, when McLaughlin was getting himself tied in knots. And you're thinking, you know, and, and the goal that uh, West Ham scored was was a bit of a catastrophe, to be honest, and, and inside the six-yard box, which I had a wee concern about. 
So I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, well, is, is this the goalkeeper that we want to go with? So, but that's Gio's call. He has to have a look at that. I would, I would prefer Gio just to say, this guy's my number one, we're going with it. You know, or we, we need to go to market. Fine. We just can't take the chance. Can't take the chance. So a long season ahead. There's uh, too much at stake here. Uh, personally, I'm I'm more than happy with John McLaughlin in goals. Um, I, I think he has a decent enough shot stopper. He didn't cover himself in glory at that attempt, but he made a, a good few decent saves in the second half and stopped that tie for being dead. Um, David T, what's your thoughts? Yeah, well, I, I actually think it depends. In, in the Scottish League, you're going to be hit with high balls a lot more than you are going to be in Europe. So I wouldn't actually, and I know you were saying last week um, that you, you would prefer one keeper to be playing all the time. Um, but I, I think uh, McGregor is probably better for European nights because simply because he's a shot, a shot stopper. European teams don't uh, cross balls into the the box the way uh, Scottish teams do. But, I mean, with, with the goal, I mean, I think in the olden days, I probably get done for saying it now, but in the olden days, we would say he, he, he looked like a big lassie. Oh, <laughs> the, way, the, way, the way he went. 2022, but... mate. Can he be saying that? <laughs> but, yeah, we're not allowed to say that anymore because the women are excellent and it was they had a brilliant uh, European championship there that I think everybody enjoyed. So, the Rangers um, winning or, or league winners, by the way, it's more than what the men's can say. <laughs> yeah, but in the old days, that's what we would have said, and uh, that's uh, that, that he just didn't look, didn't look comfortable at all. I don't know what he what he was doing, but he certainly certainly wasn't going for the ball anyway. And if he was, then I think he maybe might need uh, his contact lenses in. But uh, no, he wasn't good. But during the games for Scotland, I think. He'll, he'll get a lot more high balls coming in. I mean, even the, the Continentals, a lot of time they're taking corners, they take short corners, they don't they don't even put it into the, the middle of the box. So, yeah, I, I think for Europe, I would prefer McGregor and for uh, for Scottish games uh, where you really need somebody, a goalkeeper that can play a bit of football as well to keep possession, then, uh, then, then I think... Uh, Old McLaughlin's the, the, the better choice for for their games. But and maybe in a perfect world, maybe we should go out and get somebody else that's uh that, my, my that, only worry can... about swapping keepers about is we've seen it last season under Gerard where McGregor was playing two games, McLaughlin in for one, and I think that really unsettled the defence last year, um, no having the no having that consistency. So I think that's my only worry there, Davy. Yeah, that's a good point. That that, that would, uh, uh, but I think I, I actually think last uh, year, if when, when McGregor came in, that you could you could see that the the defenders at crosses at high balls at corners, the defenders were absolutely scared because, yeah, I mean when when McGregor doesn't come, your centre halves have got to be spot on. If if your centre halves are no spot on. One of the one one of these big Scottish centre backs is going to put the ball in the net. You can, and I think just just as as I'm on, probably you were talking about Barisic uh, there before. Um, I've got a point in that as well. I think teams have realised the space behind Barisic, and even when uh, Bassey was there as well, I think that back uh, left position for us 
teams have, have, have because uh, have, have spotted that and are using that because umpteen times I've seen in recent games uh, the teams putting high balls up into that area and letting letting the defenders chase it and letting their forwards chase it. So I think that's a thing that they've got to look at as well. Uh, no, but I think that's a really good point. And I've always thought that it's it's uncanny how much a relationship Tav builds with the midfield and the centre-halves because Tav seems to be covered a lot more. And I think that's just communication between Tav and the midfield and just knowing. Like, so Ryan Jack's really good at covering Tav near. We've never really had that. The left-back, whether it's been Barisic or Bassey, uh, we've seen Kamara do it a couple of times, but it's never been that natural. If the left back goes forward, either the left centre half or the uh, one of the midfielders goes and covers. And I don't know if that's maybe because we've never had the. We've always had Connor Golson at the right centre half, and we've swapped and changed the left centre half. Maybe with Ben Davis coming in, that might change a bit, and they start building up a bit more. So just a bit more awareness, and we do get covered. But I think that is a good point that. Um, we've no picked up on. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think Ben the Davis is uh, left-footed anyway, so that yeah. that will make an, a, an, a, an improvement that you've got a left-footed player there, uh, because it is difficult. Obviously, a right-footed player isn't as comfortable turning over his left foot as uh, as a left-footed player will be. We've seen that with Sands the other yeah. night as well. Yeah. yeah, so I think I think that's a point they've got to look at. So hopefully that will improve with, with Davis coming in, but um. I don't know. I think Lundstrom has favourites. He's right-footed as well. I mean, it's actually terrible saying a professional footballer's left-footed or right-footed. Actually, they should be both-footed. But um, no, I think that's a thing we'll need to go. Uh, go back to goal. I think I've covered the goalkeeper. I think it's... Uh, yeah. Listen, goalkeepers are going to make mistakes. That's uh, Unfortunately, if they make a mistake, then it's normally a goal. Whereas if uh, your centre forward makes a mistake, then uh, then he's a stupid idiot for a couple of minutes, and then it's forgotten about. But I mean, if you if you're reading the 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 uh, websites, Rangers websites now, then you still hear about Alan McGregor mm-hmm. and Ross County. It's still one of the one of the top topics that, that oh, comes right. up. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, that's uh, goalkeepers are going to make mistakes, and yeah, they're they're normally lethal. But as I say, I, I like McLaughlin coming for corners, and I think in a Scottish game against Scottish teams, that's quite important. So, Davy, um, that twenty-seven minute Davy P, sorry, twenty-seven minutes that goal went in, and it just went very bad to us. Really, we instead of the the goal like sparking energy at the Rangers, I think we actually started to play worse and loose passes going and. Just a lack of bravery with going forward. Um, in the half time, I'm thinking, right, surely we'll change it. But no, it's actually 67 minutes until we make um, a double sub. Two debuts for Davis and Yilmaz coming on for Jack and Barisic. My, my other concern with the other night, and again, I'm not going to be a hypocrite and say, is Gio out or anything? Um, he's had a bad night and it's just been, it's just, been unlucky for us that the players had a bad night at the same time. It's mental how long he took to make a sub when he's been so good at changing the game. Yeah. the We have known since the middle of May that we would be playing Champions League qualifying ties in August. Late July, 
early August. So we get to the tie on the 2nd of August and we then play a forward line of Matondo, Cholak and Tillman who have never played together. And we then bring on two subs, Yilmaz and Ben Davis making their debut for Rangers. And I'm thinking that all smacks of the lack of preparation. We have known for two and a half months we would be coming to this tie. And then when we get there, we're bringing on two guys who have never kicked a ball in anger for Rangers onto the pitch. And I, I just think that that just smacks of amateurism. That's, you know, what were we expecting from those guys? The, we as a support, you know, are watching that thinking, what the fuck? I, I think I just, it's uh, quite reckless as well because the way that game was going, that could have been a disaster debut for uh, both of them and it would have, might have been hard to recover for that. So uh, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah, their first taste of first-team football with Rangers is, is to throw them in there. And you're thinking, really? You know, is that what... It's smacked of desperation. So I'm just thinking, are we in control of this? You know, have we actually thought this through? Have we prepared ourselves, you know, for this tie? Uh, and it was just by that time I just wanted the final whistle to go. Because, you know, the, the boy broke through and, and was clean through in goal, and it was, God bless John McLaughlin, because he saved us at that time. Yeah, because at 3-0, you know, it's it's just, uh, that's it, dead. It's dead in the water. So you th- I'm thinking by this time, you know, we look a total disaster, an absolute disaster. I think, how did we get to this? How did we get to this? It was quite, very disappointing. You know, I would say disappointing, bordering on, you know, a little angry on, on Tuesday night after that game, thinking, what the fuck are we doing here? It just looked like we were all over the place. So we've got the opportunity this Tuesday to, to rectify all of that and uh, make amends. I mean, obviously, a track history of uh, of recovering these situations isn't that encouraging, but, you know, we'll, we'll no doubt we'll give it our best crack. You know, and, we've, and I've seen some of the chat, you know, as, as, as Dave has mentioned, you know, we'll, well, we might get Morelis back, we'll get Kent. I mean, relying on Alfredo Morelis after being out for six months... Is, is also smacks of desperation. We should have the squad there who, sh- who who we can rely on, who have been you know in a pre-season preparing, you know, for these games far too important, far too much at stake here. And yet when we arrive on the day, it looks like we'd met in the car park outside. But David, see the Ryan Jack. I mean, you talk about minutes and he's getting minutes and he's, he's the 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 legs for the pre-season games. Did Ryan Jack play in any of the games in the pre-season? He did, but he, he did look sluggish. Um, he, he featured, wasn't he? I think he was, um, he maybe got the first half against West Ham and he came on at the end against Spurs. Um, I don't know how much he played against Blackpool, but I thought he did look sluggish, Davey. Yeah, yeah, because normally he's great at covering behind Tavernier, but yeah. it, it wasn't that. It wasn't that great. I was. I was going to say as well that the Jack in my boot done more than he did last night. But <laughs> but um, <laughs> no. But it, it did. Uh, I, I just don't think he looked fit. I. I mean, I don't know how fit the other, the the boy McCann is, but I would have put him in there last night instead of Jack. To be honest with you, because I think he. McCann can run a game far better than Jack can. Jack Jack's a great uh, fireman, as they call it, putting out fires over everywhere. But he's not that, that really great at, at going forward and and playing telling passes. I mean, I would I would have had a, the likes of that that boy McCann in there last night. Well, and, and, 
Sorry, on you go. To say the obvious, we we should have used Arfield and Davis. Uh, so in a game where we struggle to use the ball well and we struggle to connect the midfield to the attack, mm-hmm. Stephen Davis can come on and control the game at his own tempo. Arfield can make the forwards run. I, I don't know why we didn't get them on at half time. No, um, totally agree with you. When the starting lineup, you know, when we've got Lundstrom, Jack, and Kamara all on the same team, you know, we started with the three at the back, you know, and, and Lundstrom was uh, kind of covering the right hand side, supposedly to let uh, Tav bomb on, which uh, they were just cutting him off. They were just closing him down, you know. So they, as, as they did all over the pitch, just closing him down, closing him down. So we, he wasn't getting much joy. But when uh, Kamar, we did move back and then uh, Lundstrom moved forward, you know, we we, we, we didn't uh, put out the intention that we were actually going to attack these guys. So you're right. I mean, so from Ryan Jack, Glenn Kamara and John Lundstrom, how, how many of them are going to be getting goals in, in, in the, the box? You know, so... And we would needed that you know the Matondo and, and Tillman to be firing to allow these midfielders to make runs, get in the box. The whole thing just fell to bits. The, the, Cholak, the <clears throat> excuse me, Cholak got a lot of stick, David. But see what you're describing there. Uh, actually, uh, an element of sympathy for him because yeah. he's he's a striker's got to rely on service, and we we set up to not give him any at all. Not once did Matondo receive the ball when he was actually facing the USG goal. Every time he was getting the ball, he was getting back to goal. You know, he was getting to his feet with with his back to goal. You know, whereas this guy, with the pace that he has, he needs the ball, you know, passed to him five yards in front of him and just uses blistering pace to be bursting down that wing into the box and to providing Cholak with some service. That boy Cholak just ran about I mean, I could have played his performance. Just he just chased the ball, chased the ball, chased the ball. I don't know how many touches he had, but it certainly wasn't many. Uh, I mean, absolutely futile. The guy was had no service whatsoever. So I don't know how we could we could say it a bad game. We actually never found out because he never touched the ball too often. It was uh, it was it just looked like we'd made it up ten minutes before we had, we walked onto the pitch. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So things go bad to worse um, in the seventy sixth minute. David T, I'll come to you. You're you're a man on the continent. Um, v A R the people no more. Um, this was a shocker. Uh, so 
a deflected shot comes off Ben Davis and Connor Golson, who's basically holding hands with him, uh, manages to catch a deflection in his arm. Well, I'm not too sure. Around the, the shoulder, chest, arm area, give benefit that it has went to the arm. Nothing he can do about it. Right on the foot of Ben Davis. After the ref listening to the VAR people um, in his ear, he goes over and you know as soon as they go to the telly, it's 99% chance it's going to, it's going to be given and he gives a penalty. Uh, a baffling decision, absolutely wild. No, well, Colin, in terms of the, the VAR, I mean, we did all right last season out of the VAR, you know, because we we got a penalty in Dortmund, which only Borna appealed for, you know, which everyone in the, the when I was certainly watching it, and I think lots of people after the fact thought, you know, what the hell's happening? What's the VAR about? And we ended up getting a penalty. Because it turns out, you know, that it was a handball. But, you know, this kind of the deflection of Ben Davis and, and, and hitting, that, if that's a, a an infringement of the laws, then uh, we've, we're up shit creek because there's what's what's Connor Goldson supposed to do in, in those instances? You know, how what advantage did he deny USG? It, 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 actually, the ball fell to it, Goldson knocked it into the path of the guy who then had a shot at goal. So they actually gained an advantage from from the ball striking Connor Goldson, whether it was his hand or his chest or whatever. But for someone who's in the studio then to watch that and say that that was a handball, that's that's aren't nonsense. It's just it's beggars belief to be honest that you that they could call that as a as a as a foul. You know that what advantage did they actually gained from from the ball striking Connor Goldson? They then get a striking goal which they wouldn't have had. So it seems that they get the best of both worlds. They get the shot on goal, and then because it, it's touched his arm. Albeit, you know, from a yard off Ben Davis, of which he had, it was completely involuntary. Ball then strikes his arm, if it did, and then the VAR say, no, that no, that's now a penalty. That's just that's just insane. That's insane. They're destroying the game. The only thing. So swings and roundabouts, you know, and I, I think it it was a. They ended up getting the penalty. The guy popped it in. It's two 0 It was a. Uh, it was utter shite, but I would think we were more the architects of our demise on yeah. Tuesday night than yeah. than the referee. So I would say, you know, was it, was it should it have been a penalty? No, but did we fuck it up? Yes, we did. So, and the whole uh, scale of things, you know, is it maybe we'll get one on Tuesday to uh, UEFA will put the to even it up. <laughs> uh, the Tom Tom drums, I say, right? Made an ass of that when he saw it that. So, but no, not for me, you know, we, we, it wasn't a penalty, but the ref's given it, the VAR man's given it, he's looked at it, gave it the goal, the goal stands, let's go on with it. <clears throat> what I thought about the penalty was, um, that, I mean, the only thing I can see that made the, the far and the, the referee give it was the position of his hand, which was about here, because he was sliding in, in the position of his hand, his arm, yeah, we used to say it's you're covering your face, but that doesn't seem to to be part of the. No. Yeah, that's the sense away. But um, no, I, I didn't think it was a penalty. You can't react to to uh, some something that comes that quick to you. The the only thing is now, if if they're going to take 
where your arm is on your body, if it is in a position like this, then then they need to give every penalty. They, every ball that goes like that, they've got to give it, give a penalty for it. Then then at least you that you you know the rules and okay, that's it. But um I don't know if you saw the the PSV Monaco Monaco game. Uh the the far actually there was a a shot from Monaco uh Monaco and the ball hit PSV players arm. He tried to turn away and he his he'd hand a wee bit away from his body and it hit his hand. But the referee went over and he he watched the television and he turned round back and he's waving his finger about going, No, no penalty, no penalty, and he didn't give it. And then I think, well, yeah, what what is what is the rule? Is it a penalty? Is it not a penalty if it hits your hand? The only way to make it sort of a simple is any ball that hits your hand's a penalty. The, the likes of they do in hockey, where what is it you call it? I can't remember a short corner, a penalty corner mm-hmm. or something like that they call it. If it hits your foot. Um no, that that's the only way that, that, that you can get get around it because other otherwise there's always gonna be and it doesn't even they can say Saro sort uh, Farrell sort it out. But Farrell obviously is not going to sort it out because with the one incident they got it wrong and the other incident they got it right. So, yeah, it's, it's just a, a crazy way of, and as I say, it'll never, it'll never be, be sorted because no. it's, it's just an, it, it remains an opinion. It is an opinion, and it remains an opinion because nobody knows exactly what the rules are for it. And, and as I say, the only thing I can think of is his hand was here, and is that. In, in a strange position. That's, and that's uh, the thing is, sorry, David, when you go, how can it be anything other than a, than, a, than a strange position? You know, he's he's rea- he's trying to block the the shot from the, the the guy who's just struck the ball. You know, so the the two of them get together. His arms are there. They would have to tape his arms to his side for it not to be, uh, mm-hmm. you know, anywhere outside his body. You know, it's, it's it's absolutely insane. So I mean, if if they're going to give drivers down to the position where where any time the ball strikes your hand inside the penalty box irrespective of the context of that, then it's going to be a penalty kick, then the, the, the forwards will just target the arm. Don't bother mm-hmm. striking at goal. Hit one of the defender's arms because yeah. that's the, what they're driving us down. So you don't need... I would turn away from the goal. You know, so anyone on the... the who, any winger who gets to the byline, so don't, don't have a... a don't try and pick out one of your defend one of your attackers. Pick out one of the defenders' arms, and you've got a penalty kick. So, so all it has to do is strike his arm. It's a penalty. So, with the actual rules, it's if the um, if the, the 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 player who's I don't know what what, what the committing player uh, doesn't have the opportunity to move himself out of the way because it's um, it's short range, then it's not a foul. So that is the rule. So. Kind of what David he was saying there, it's VAR makes things easier, but it doesn't eliminate it. It's still, you need the refs to understand the rules and then you need them to have the right interpretation of the rules and have the right opinion, which is why I do have the fear about once it comes up to Scotland. It's, it will get make things a wee bit better, but it's still the same clowns that's got to be operating this and making those decisions. But Colin, we're, we're, we're going to have bring it into the football where, where players are running, I mean, you've got it now. Players are running about with their hands behind their back. Yes, I mean, it's, it's absolutely crazy. What are they trying to do? I mean, I, if I was a manager, I would say, see the first person to put your hand behind your back. You're getting put taken off. 
I mean, it's absolutely crazy. We're getting players in games running about with their hands behind their back. Yeah. I just no, and that's and then, some. Yeah, the then they'll see that it's an unnatural position. They'll see that your hand was in an unnatural position. See, well, running with your hands behind your back is unnatural. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's true. That's true. But, oh, uh, that's crazy. 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 So, before we, we go too much into a rabbit hole, eh, the game's gone. I mean, next next we'll be asking everybody plays four four two, and uh, you only bring out one strip a season. Castor um, will shudder at that thought. Um, I think it's nice to uh, it's nice to get all that off our chest. But let's look forward, lads. Um, nice we segue into the into next week or the next shot of game. Sorry, Davey P. Before we come to Saturday. You touched on it on Tuesday, um, but we'll discuss Tuesday night just briefly. And I think it's more the occasion that we need to discuss. There's no point in discussing lineups or tactics or anything now. We need to see how Saturday goes. But my, my worry is how the players react to the occasion. Um, it's the, the fans will have a big part to play, but it's not our responsibility to go and put three goals past USG. But if um, if Ibrox is anything like the Malmo game last year, where it's a very nervous, tense atmosphere, I don't know how these players will respond to it. What's your thoughts? Well, then I think we should be uh, realistic in, in terms of, you know, for, for me, it's, we're behind the eight ball here. So the more the fans, the more the Ranger support can get behind the team, drive us on, then uh, that, that's adding to our cause. But the the psyche of the crowd, you know, is, is strange at times at Ibrox, you know, because they sometimes I think they've come and they've already made their mind up, you know, about how this game is going to go, and 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 they just respond respond accordingly. So I'm hoping that we can keep the tie live into the well into the second half that we've, uh, and I think we the crowd will have a, a part to play. I think we need to be patient. So I think we have to kind of put the message out there. We 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 need to win the game over ninety minutes by two clear goals to get it to extra time. So I mean, if we can absolutely blitz them, so much the better, you know. And the, the kind of the, the Leipzig model just goes straight after them. Then uh, that would that would be brilliant. I think if we can get a couple of goals in the first half, then it's it's back to uh, an even keel, and then it's uh, who's got the balls for it. So I, I'm hope that I mean. The, they, they haven't become bad players. I think we just need to have, be look at the USG. I mean, would you say USG were an absolutely brilliant side? What, what they were was they a team who absolutely gave their all. And I, I, I thought Rangers were far too pedestrian. It was all far too slow, you know, and, and we seemed to be wanting to just suck up time by passing the ball about and get out of there with a, a nil-nil draw. Whereas I would much rather prefer... We have the players to do it, but I would much rather prefer we go on the front foot and go after them because there's no away goals advantage anymore. That doesn't matter. You're playing the team for, you know, 180 minutes and it's who scores the most goals. So the the away home advantage thing, obviously the crowd at Ibrox will, will bring a, should bring themselves to bear, you know, and, and help the team as much as possible. But, Saying that the onus is on the players to do there, but there's nothing we can do on the sidelines. We can create the best atmosphere, the best situation possible for the team, but it's up to them to deliver it ultimately. David T, um, 
there's two there's two sizes of one coin. While I've not seen anything from Rangers on Tuesday to suggest that we're going to come out all guns blazing. On the other hand, I've not seen I've not seen anything from USG to suggest that they're world beaters. And I'm looking back to last season, all those special nights we had in Europe, uh, where like Dortmund, Leipzig, Braga, the you know the unthinkable was was done with Rangers. So uh, the, the the tie isn't done yet, um, and I think we do need to go and believe in that. I would I would love to call, and I love your positivity, but um, I think you you were you take got to take into consideration when we were playing in Leipzig and and, and Dortmund, and we had uh, Aribo. We had you know, uh, Alfie, uh, Roof, uh, Bassey. I mean, there's virtually five of your best players, four or five of your best players are away. And we've not seen anything of the new players yet that's going to say they're going to make up for the, for the, for the players that, that, that we've lost. So I'm, I'm worried about that. Uh, I, I, I don't think they were world beaters last night, but then again, neither were Malmo. In fact, we, we should have hammered Malmo. So that that worries me. Um, I would love to. I'd, I'd love to be so positive, but I just don't think this team is far enough along the line yet. To to they're, they're, I mean, they looked like strangers last night, really. And, and whether it's tactics from uh, from Geo or, or what it was, I don't know. But they they just didn't look. They just didn't look anything last. And it wasn't just last night. Let's face it, Livingston was the same. I mean, we yeah, kept right. we kept the ball against Livingston, but we hardly broke them down. It was only the, the two goals, and one was a super free kick. And but I mean, the the, the it, it wasn't much better. We were just the same. I mean, I, I think it was Davy Pollock that says the horseshoe game, and he came away with the horseshoe that we pass the ball like a horseshoe every time, and then it goes out to Tavernier, goes back from Tavernier to Colson. Golson over to Sands, Sands over to Barisic, and then it goes back the other way. And I mean, it, it was okay saying we had, was it eighty three percent from from the game, but if eighty three of sixty or seventy percent of that's playing along the back line, then it's not doing any good. It's not going to get you goals. And that's what I mean. As I said, that that, that Union they just knew that last night. They said when their players have got the ball, that's great. Just let them let them pass there. And that's uh, that's that's the way. And as I say, it was Livingston as well. So, and you know, uh, at the weekend, Kilmarnock are going to do the exact same. I mean, that's that's not going to be any different. And if we come out, if we come out with Kamara and 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 uh, Jack and uh, Lundstrom, things are not going to change. So this is a perfect opportunity because USG and Tuesday they are going to try and sit in and make life difficult for us as are Kilmarnock on Saturday. So this is the perfect game to... If Rangers are going to be up for the fight, this is how they get themselves up for it. Um, this is the, the perfect pre-test before Tuesday night. Uh, David P, Kilmarnock on Saturday, the first home game, first home game in a new season. Um, I know despite the Tuesday's result, we'll all be excited about it. Um, I think Ibrox will be bouncing. In terms of the team... What changes do you want to see in Tuesday? Because not from Tuesday, because Gio did allude to it that um, things have to change for Saturday. 
Oh, we're going to be a whole load more positive. You know, we're going to take the game to command up with all we've got. <clears throat> we're going to come up against the, the low block as 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 pair. The and I would really like to, as, as I kind of alluded to last week, was that if we can find a way just to blow that away, <clears throat> and and have teams come to Ibrox knowing that when they come up with ten men behind the ball, they're getting it anyway. So they uh, they would as well having a go. You know, let's get uh, see if we can get up the, up the park. So, I mean, possession figures against Levy, you know, of eighty three percent, it's just it's just nuts, and we and we ended up only winning two one. So, I'm hoping that we can get up with a whole load more positive, plenty of energy, plenty of movement, and that's how it happens. When you want chaos in the box, so when the ball arrives, you don't want it too too predictable. It's got to be players moving all over the place. You know, one to, one touch football. You know, the the horseshoe thing came from uh, Geo's time at Feyenoord. It was the Feyenoord fans who who termed the Geo's tactic as as the horseshoe because it was that during his time there with when they would sit in the in the coop, the tub, and and, uh, and roast them. You know, for the playing the ball across the back all the time. So we've inherited that from him. So, but you can see that he's uh, clearly on on the, the training ground having an influence in terms of retaining possession and you know waiting for. But Dave's dead right. You know we were we're playing the ball about, but the minute we tried to move it forward, they just picked us off. You know by just closing us down, zooming it into the challenges, and the whole thing broke down. We never got beyond uh, beyond that. Our midfield just failed to function, and they were straight onto us. And then they were bursting at pace, players moving all over the place. And uh, pinging it down the wing, getting into your box. Whereas I don't, did we get into their box at all in the second half? Any, was was there a meaningful attack? Uh, I must have been uh, behind the couch when when that happened because <clears throat> I didn't see too much of it. <clears throat> but I'm hoping on Saturday we can get try a few things. The, the, the midfield is going to be a whole lot more positive, uh, and and hopefully the guys have a wee bit more game time. Get Yelmaz on and give him ninety minutes. To get accustomed to you know to, to playing in that environment and with his teammates, you know, because he's met these guys days ago, and yet you know we're now here in the Champions League qualifying tie. <laughs> I mean, literally two days. It's uh, it, hoping we we can pull the rabbit out the hat for Tuesday night. It's uh, it's not beyond us, but what what isn't set beyond us is a whole load more attitude, you know, in terms of uh, pace. Movement, determination. We just looked like we were second best in, in Tuesday night to a team who I would say, man for man, technically we're a, we're a better players, but they just uh, outfought us, and it was it wasn't a pretty watch. Davy, keep him on Saturday. Um, Davy P alluded to there, Yilmaz coming in. Um, I would like to see Davis, uh, Yilmaz both coming in, um, centre back and left back. In terms of the midfield to front, I do want to see Lawrence, Matondo and Tillman starting. Kent, if he's fit. Uh, alongside Lundstrom, maybe an our field or even drop Tillman into the midfield and you know, have play with two wingers. That's, if I see Lundstrom, Jack and Kamara, I'm not really a happy bunny. No, that's that's what's one of the, the the things I've been saying all night. It's, uh, that midfield just doesn't work. Um, 
yeah, I mean, I'm really at the point now. I, I, I really think let's look to the youth as well. I know a lot of people were against it, but I think that that guy McCann has has shown enough to at least give him part of the game. Um, no, Lowry, everybody was shouting for, but seemingly he's been a bad boy uh, during the summer. I, I don't know anything, but I've just read that the other people saying that that he's he came back in a, not a great condition. Uh, so, but um, that's hearsay. So don't put it down as fact. Um, but yeah, if, that'll be in the front page, front page of the Daily Record tomorrow. Guarantee you yeah. exclusive. Alex Lowry <laughs> doing all the junk. Yeah, uh-huh. but. Um, He's obviously he's obviously fell out of contention for some reason. Uh, whether he's been injured or not, I don't know. But um, yeah, I, I, I really think that these players they showed enough last year to warrant them uh, a place. And I really think, sorry, but I think Ryan Jack is reaching the end. I don't know whether his legs are going or gone, or whether he'll come back. Uh, maybe he's just not fit at this minute. But um, he's, he's also a player. I mean, when you've got him and Lundstrom, they're virtually the same kind of player. They're putting out fires. Uh, and you don't really need two of them. And then when you, as I say, when you say, and I say, when you put Kamara into the, the, the mix as well, I mean, he's tried playing Kamara more in a, for, a forward position. But he doesn't look comfortable there. He just doesn't look comfortable. Um, no, I think Tillman... I think Tillman has booked his place. He, he's he's got to come on. Uh, he's good. He has yeah, looked good. Yeah. Um, in spells, to be fair. And I think once he gets settled, he'll, he'll be a signing and a half. But I mean, I would, I'd, if, if I was picking the team, and um, I mean, I, I, I think you, playing in Scotland, go with three centre halves, uh, push up the two wingers, and and, and put, uh, put Tillman in as a number 10. Going running about. Uh, I've got to look at that guy's name, Cholak. Um, if you were picking a team, it'd be the anybody who has a British first name. That's his fucking gun. That's, that's it, Bill, Bill, and Ben and <laughs> Tommy. <laughs> but uh, no, that's uh, I, I live in Holland as well, so <laughs> I, I shouldn't be used to these uh, these international names. But um, no, nah, that's. Uh, that's a, we need we need we need more going forward. We need more, a bigger target than Cholak alone up front. He can't do it. Alfie's Alfie done it, and Alfie's quite good at it. But I mean, Alfie's the strength of a. And even then, it didn't work. I mean, we've played bad with Alfie in the team. Let's let's not say that Alfie's been brilliant all the time as well, because he's not. We've had games where we thought, "What's it all about, Alfie?" But um, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm going to come to the, the big man's defence here because we've seen this time and time again with different strikers where we try and play as if it is Alfredo Morelos and yeah. we need to learn to adapt to different yeah. styles of play. Cholak has Cholak has a part to play in this side, but no just leaving them up front to talk to the fucking three Belgian centre-halves. We do need to provide them with service, so... He's, uh, I'm going to come to his defence a wee bit. He's no Alfredo Morelos, but he wasn't signed to be Alfredo Morelos. Oh, I'll definitely agree with you there, Colin. I'm not, I'm not, I, I'm certainly not putting the, the blame in Cholak. It definitely wasn't. But I mean, when you've got, when you've got Manton uh, Tondo <laughs> stuck away out in the right, and you've got Tillman stuck away out in the left, and they nearly broke the television there. 
<laughs> but um, no, it's just uh, it just doesn't work. And then you've and then you've got this funnel into the midfield where 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 you've got two midfield players stuck, and you've got the, the the defenders passing the ball about them, and it's going from left to right and left to right. It's so easy to defend, so easy to defend, and. As I said, the other team, they just, uh, yeah, oh, here's Cholak, he's coming, uh, you get him now, okay, they passed him around, and uh, no, that, that's, uh, that, if, if we're going to play like that the whole season, then uh, I don't, don't think we're going to do that brilliant, to be honest with you. I mean, we'll certainly certainly beat all the, the, the sort of easier teams, but uh, we're going to struggle against the, the, the teams that can play football. So we're feeling good for Saturday then. Is that the summary? <laughs> oh, I'm going to say one thing. Why the hell, when Lawrence was playing so good as as, as uh, just behind the, the the forwards, why the hell did we drop him for the most important game we've had this season? I, I just don't and understand. That's what I'm saying. Tom Lawrence has to come back in on Saturday. And I, I'm very much looking for the team to start on Saturday to be forward thinking and with a view that the, the team we set up on Saturday goes into Tuesday and give them a, a wee run of playing together. Maybe minor changes here and there, but it has to be a forward-thinking team. And I think Tom Warren says they start both games for me. Yeah, at least at least you've got somebody that can shoot and somebody that wants to shoot. I mean, I've yeah. I've even seen Goldson a few times running through and I've thought, you can hit them from there. Why don't you do it for once or twice? But he never seems to. Yeah. <laughs> Never known Saturday. Come well, straight from the training ground. And, and the reason Lawrence didn't play was because Gio just did what he did against Braga, did what he did against Leipzig. He's going there to keep a low-scoring game to take it back to Ibrox. So he's not doing the adventurous type. He's not on the front foot. He just wants to go there, close the whole thing down, take the tie back to Ibrox live. It ended up blown up in our face, you know, with the VAR. Because I think Gio would, would probably have been all right with 1-0. 2-0 makes it a completely different game. And it was possibly 3-0. It could have been worse. So Gio is uh, his, his conservative approach in the away ties is uh, is not doing us any favours. Because we, we saw what Stevie G could do in getting up the part and scoring goals. And we were getting results. Uh, but that's not Gio's way. He's uh, he's just a wee bit more withdrawn in terms of you know the his his approach to away ties. You, you you see the trend, you see what's happening, you know because we we scored one goal against Red Star Belgrade. The only the outlier in all of this was the game in Dortmund when we went and popped a few in, but after that you know since that game we've only actually scored one away goal. So something's got to change. But he, so Gio has to uh, either get better players to play the system that he wants to play or he changes the system so because it's clearly not working well you always did Dave and, and when you went in Europe in the old days uh, it was always said if we can keep it to 1-0 or a draw we're happy and I think that's the way he's, he's still going now And but I mean if you look I, I think the way Gerard played Gerard was quite was quite hoping that you would go back with one, one goal to nil or two goals, yeah. you know, it could. I mean, if you look at the way we played it under Gerard, then it was far more attacking than uh, than it is uh, with Gio. And I, th- I think last year in the, the league, Gio made a big mistake when he came in as well. When Remember, he tied uh, Tavernier back as a, as a true defender 
they now didn't let him go forward. I mean, the games cost us big at that, at that time. And, uh, and, and look what ta- happened to Tavernier last night. He got caught up. Uh, I mean, I think Tavernier's a great player. I think he's probably a, a, the, one of the biggest legends since the, the, the old legends that, that we all know. I think Tavernier's going to, in a few years, he's going to be a legend. And uh, that that boy ran rings on him last night. The, I don't know the boy's name, but he ran rings on him last night, and yeah, he kept he kept Tavernier back, and that was that's just unfortunate. That's uh, that's uh, yeah, back to the drawing board. Aye, well, I think um, we're going to start wrapping it up, but I agree with we, Jill. I think we need to take the he has to take the learnings that. That tactic won't always work. And Tuesday night isn't the first time he's done it, but I do think there's a mixture of the players need to take responsibility as well because no tactics in the world can, can account for a player just shitting himself or not being able to make a, a five-yard pass. But we're feeling good, boys, because it's come Saturday when we scudded Kelly 5 6 now there will be a distant memory. We'll be looking, looking ahead to Tuesday. <laughs> Your wife clearly agrees with me, yeah. David. So, yeah. <laughs> on, yeah. on that note, um, I was I was worried about the four dogs. I've got four dogs in the room. I was worried about them. It's, <laughs> it's, it's my wife that's barking. <laughs> so, on that note, um, I'm going to wrap up, gents. But just a wee bit of housekeeping, as always. Um, we'll be back live Monday night, round about eight o'clock, cafe. We'll send out all the posts uh, on Sunday night once we've got a confirmed time. So. Join in on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you watch your pods live and get your comments, questions into the into the comments section and we'll we'll chat them through. Um we'll also be back with, with a slight post match reaction on Saturday as well. All that's left to do um is thank my, my two lovely guests, the two Davies. First of all, David Bollock, um thanks for coming on and give me your prediction for Saturday. I am hoping that, you know, after last predictions, I mean, we're, we're, our track record isn't very good. Oh, Monday night was terrible, <laughs> terrible, by the way. But I'm going for 3-0 on Saturday. I'm Rangers uh, get a couple in the first half. You know, I'm, I'm hoping that Gio is going to uh, put the game to bed, kind of early doors, and with a view to getting some bodies on, on the pitch with uh, Tuesday in mind. So, but I'm, Kelly... You know, they've just come up. You know what they're going to do. They're going to... Uh, everyone behind the ball. And they've got that guy, Powerback, you know, who was at St Mirren. And they've got big Kyle up front. So, you know, on paper, we should absolutely blitz them. But, you know, we said that about Livingston last week and the job we made of that. But I'm hoping that, uh, you know, another week in the training, a few more days in the training ring, wouldn't even be a week, but uh, Yilmaz in, I want to see Yilmaz in. Ben Davis, who's left-footed, uh, so, so with a view to uh, getting a, a settled side. Uh, and I'm hoping that 3-0 should see as good, a wee bit of confidence for Tuesday night, and then we go at these guys with everything that we've got. We've got nothing to lose now. Let's go for it. Can't be. Thank you very much for coming on, mate. Thank you, Colin. And good luck, David. David T, give your prediction. Um, well, I, 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 I broke. Hmm. Uh, I, I, I will go for two 0 Although, yeah, 
we seem to be in the habit of giving away giving away stupid goals again. So hopefully we don't. So I, I'm going to say we'll, we'll end that, and it'll be two 0 The one thing I'll say about Davis, uh, he, he actually tried to put a few crosses into the box yesterday when he when he came on. So he was a wee bit more forward thinking than than uh, any other defenders at that time. So I'm putting some hope in him that he, he can change things. Might so, even get a goal or two himself. Never know. Yeah, that's it. Maybe maybe he'll, he'll teach uh, goals and he shoot from from about thirty <laughs> yards. <laughs> thanks very much for coming on, Davy. Okay, loved loved it. And no, but I'm going to go. My ever optimistic uh, prediction, which I'll probably make an ask myself again. I have done for the last two or three weeks of these predictions. Four 0 Rangers. I think. If we're, if we're going to be worth our salt this season, this is the type of result that we need to bounce back from quickly. And I'm fully expecting Gio to have a rocket up the players' asses, and Kilmarnock will take a bit of that. So Rangers 4, Kilmarnock nil. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Um, have a great weekend. I hope your team wins. We'll be back with you on Monday. And just remember, we are the people. Take care. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.